You're listening to 128, a podcast about spiritual maturity, real people, real talk, real life. Hey everyone, welcome to 128, based on Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. We have made it to the end of season one. We're doing 12 episodes a season. And here in this 12th episode, I have the opportunity to interview Jim and Brandy Michalek. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. I hope this is an inspiration for you. I hope this season has been an inspiration for you as you've learned and gleaned insights from those who are spiritually mature in order to apply some principles into your own life. Uh, So without much further ado, let's get into it. Well, I am here with uh, Jim and Brandy Michalek. Um, very few people realize this, but my introduction to Portillo's was through <laughs> Jim. And uh, I had no idea what to expect. I think I was here, I think maybe I've been here two weeks, maybe yeah, less. Yeah. It was a pretty uh, short short amount of time. And I wanted to introduce myself, you know, uh, say, hey, what's going on? Welcome to the church. Yeah. And I said, okay, you're new to Chicago, right? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, have you tried Portillo's yet? And you're like, no. So I'm like, all right, I get to be the one to break you in on Portillo's. You absolutely, not only did you break me in, I think I asked you, you said, what do you want to order? And I said, I don't know, what's your favorite thing? So you ordered ordered me two of your favorite things, which right. was a fully dipped Portillo sandwich with peppers, I think, sweet peppers. Italian beef, yeah. Italian I like the hot peppers. Some people like sweet. So I have eaten it that way ever since. <laughs> I've never tried really anything else. <laughs> Although they made me try the chocolate cake right. at Portillo's as well. Well, you yeah. gotta have the cheese fries. And the chocolate the cake fries. is. Uh, I feel pretty is very good opinionated as well. about the cheese fries. Yeah. <laughs> and then Brandy, uh, my nickname for you is Awesome Sauce, <laughs> and uh, because uh, you and I have worked together, and you're just so good at not only being fun to work with, but you've got just got a sharp mind for all of the details for pulling off uh, events and organizing things and you have this capacity to pull it all together in a way that makes it a joy kind of to work with you. you. Both of you guys have been at uh, Grace Point for, I think you were born here uh, <laughs> in one of the rooms. Uh, I'm just playing. It feels that way. And um, just to give uh, folks who don't know Jim and Brandy, Jim is four foot 10. Right. And uh, <laughs> Brandy is three foot five. Right. No, no, no. I'm just playing. Jim, you're, what are you? You're about my height. There's a debate there, but I say I'm 6'3". 6'3", okay. I'm, I'm the shortest of my brothers, believe it or not, at 6'3". So, really? Yeah. You have a pretty tall family, I know that. Yeah. And then um, you guys have children. Why don't you uh, tell me the names of the kids, their ages, because they're awesome kids. And maybe let's go from the youngest to the oldest. Okay, so um, Chloe is our youngest, and she's about to turn 11. And anybody who's met Chloe knows Chloe. Chloe... <laughs> Chloe does not lack in personality. She does not. Nope. And then we have Trevor, who is 13, um, in, right in the middle of those junior high boy ages. Uh-huh. It's really fun. And then Jason is our oldest at 16. Yeah. And what what a fantastic young man. And of course, all three of your kids are just absolutely awesome. And uh, it's been neat to watch them grow up through the years. 
Well, I really appreciate you guys choosing to sit down with me. You know, it's uh, this is going to be a very fun conversation because most people tend to think of spiritual maturity as uh, people who are well advanced in years. And that's just not the case. You can be spiritually mature and be younger. Now, there is something about the journey that requires some time, mm -hmm. uh, but that all depends on intentionality, uh, individual journey. It depends on uh, how long you've known Christ and what he's brought you through and all of those things. And so I just appreciate you deciding to share your stories with us. So maybe we'll start with some real basics. Uh, so Jim, uh, now you're actually Jim Jr. technically, because I know Jim well, Sr. Yes. And the funny thing is about that is technically I'm not a junior by, by name officially because we have different middle names. Oh. So, but, it, but the junior and senior comes into play just because which gym are you talking about? Mm -hmm. So it makes it easier that way. But but officially, I'm I'm like legally, I'm not a junior. Okay, okay. Well, because of the middle name thing. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm -hmm. So you were born where? Uh, born and raised Downers Grove. Born at Good Sam Hospital uh, in Downers Grove. Uh, and, and basically born and raised throughout through my childhood at different houses, but all in Downers Grove. Well, and how many sibs do you have? I'm the oldest of four. Oldest of four. So all uh, that responsibility is being the oldest. Mm -hmm. Kind of uh, both fun and now four boys and girls or two two brothers and one sister. Is it in that order? Three boys. Uh, no, and it's one actually uh, I'm again I'm the oldest. So boy, boy, girl, boy. Boy, boy, girl, boy. Wow. Okay. Were they going for the second girl and got the boy at the end, or how did uh, that work? I don't know. Was that I like, guess you have to ask my parents. Were they that trying one? to even even that thing? Out I don't know. I, the story is they originally were talking about they wanted eight kids. Eight. Uh, that's children. what that's what I've heard. That's okay. and my mom especially has told me that that that's kind of what they said that they were gonna. They wanted eight kids, and uh, but uh, I think they got four and realized I think we're done at four. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow they got to four and went. I think these four behave as if we have eight. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and then Brandy, what about you? Like, where were you born? Same Downers Grove. Downers Grove. Raised, wow, yeah. you guys are true locals. We are locals. And yes. uh, Sibs, uh, youngest of five. Youngest of five. Wow. Yeah. So oldest of four, youngest of five. Downers Grove is not a massive metropolis. Mm -hmm. So invariably you run into each other at some point. What? When did you two meet? Actually not because we went to separate high schools and Brandy's two years younger than me. But um, we actually uh, had a, a high school job, you know, like most most high schoolers that have a job. And uh, for all of the locals, I can remember back in the day, there was uh, originally it was a leaps and bounds at the corner of 63rd and Cass. I'm sorry, leaps and bounds? It was, yeah, it was uh, like a children's play playland. It had a bunch oh. of tubes and stuff like that. And you like, I, Brandy and I both uh, hosted birthday parties and that kind of thing. But when I started there, it was uh, actually leaps and bounds. And then it was bought by Discovery Zone. Um, okay. And when Brandy started there, it was just, you know, so different corporate name. Discovery but, Zone, I know. So, yeah, so it was so, the same So thing. I started as Lucha Bounds. Zone, yeah. I, I was there in the transformation. She started there as Discovery Zone. But that's actually where we met. Yeah. True story. This is my only real Discovery Zone story. When my oldest son uh, was young, very, very young, uh, he was celebrating an early birthday. And he was playing so hard with his friends. We were trying to, uh, he was wearing his big boy pants. Please don't tell me. We know where this is going because uh, we both had to do it. Did you, did you say that? He would not get out of the tubes, the, the, the tubes and the balls, right. and, I, and I'd be like, "Son, you have to go to the bathroom." Yep. And he would. He was very intentional about saying, "No, I think I'm okay." <laughs> and he came out with a load. And so I. This is in California. We have left a discovery zone with a present and right. uh, some underwear. Yeah. 
Uh, yep. Well, we well, actually would find the presence uh, or be made aware of the presence, yeah. and there was a big sanitary process that had to go along yeah. with that then. And I think uh, that was definitely not one of the fun things of that job. For sure. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, can but you imagine? You, you can imagine Jim doing the Macarena at, um, in those like shiny pants and stuff that we used to have to wear. Really? <laughs> you guys wore shiny pants? They were thing? like, though, they were like, like the pretty, MC Hammer pants. Yeah, like MC Hammer pants. Hammer like, don't hurt them. Yeah, yeah they were nice. pretty obnoxious. So you both met at Leaps and Bounds working together? Dis- Dis- it was Discovery Zone. Zone. Yeah. Yeah. Discovery Zone? Yeah. How old were you? Um, I started there when I was 16, right? It was my first job. So you'd have been so 18. And I was like, I was like, I, like I said, I started there before she did. So I was like 16 when I started there. And so I was like 17 or 18 when she started there. Like, again, I'm like a year or two older than her. Now, would you have considered yourselves followers of Jesus when you met? I was a follower of Jesus. I would not say that I was walking with the Lord um, in the way that I should have been. But I had, yeah, I had a relationship with the Lord at that point. And Jim, how would you have described yourself? So at the time I would have said yes, but, you know, hindsight, no, because, uh, you know, this is where I've heard a lot of people talk about this, uh, about, uh, you know, you go to church, you think you're a Christian kind of thing. And I grew up in a Lutheran church and uh, it's not that they didn't talk about Jesus. Um, it, it's just I didn't grasp. I didn't understand. I, it, it wasn't a relationship that I had. Um, so you went to church and thought, I go to church, I'm a Christian, hey. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, essentially that's what it was. And so uh, when did you, when would you say you made that decision to be a follower? Was it gradual? Was it a moment in time? Was it a decision? Yeah, I would say it was a moment in time. I mean, uh, I think this is where it gets kind of like the story of Brandy and I a little bit. But uh, Brandy, again, like she said, she was at the time, you know, kind of newer to her faith and, and such, and uh, but but a Christian. But, but she kind of took me at my word. That, oh, I'm a Christian too, yeah. and didn't really understand, or she didn't comprehend that that I didn't comprehend yeah. necessarily what the true uh, or what the true meaning is to be a Christian and a follower of Christ. Plus, you find someone cute and you ask if they're a believer, and right. they go, "Well, sure, I am." Yeah, and exactly. they're answering honestly. Yeah. They may not be, but you're like, "Well, there you go. Hello, oh, candidate." Yeah. But, but right. honestly, I thought that I was at the time, and sure. she and so she thought that. No, no, I don't she, mean. Yeah, and yeah, growing yeah, up, yeah, yeah. yeah. And growing yeah. up, uh, yeah. I came from a non-Christian family. So it was very black and white for me. Like either you are a Christian or you are not a Christian. Yeah. I didn't understand this, that you could go to church and profess Christianity, but not truly be a follower yeah. of Christ. I didn't really understand that. So. Well, how did you come to faith? So I, um, my testimony is really neat. I definitely grew up in a non-Christian home. And when I say non-Christian, it wasn't even like a generally good family. I love my family, but it was my, both my parents were married at 16, four kids by the time they were 20 lots of drinking, smoking, um, you know, bad language, you know, generally not a lot of rules in my household. Um, a lot of my siblings had issues with drug use, you know, just to kind of put it in perspective. So it was like a wild kind yeah. of family that I grew up in. Um, but when I was in elementary school, we moved to a new house in Downers Grove and one of my friends invited me to Awana. And so that's the first time I ever heard the gospel. And I had these incredible leaders that would drive me every week because my parents weren't driving me. Um, and they would pick me up every Wednesday and every Sunday. And, you know, it was just through that time that I was being poured into um, mm-hmm. that I probably I probably accepted Christ when I was about nine. But it was through like middle school and high school youth group I that my faith that became my own. Wanna, yeah. Uh, 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 I don't know what to say, an end product of a yeah. but someone who came to faith in Awana. Mm-hmm. And this just shows you the importance of some of these programs, you know, and of course, Awana is global. I, mm-hmm. I once did a revival in the Ukraine and they had an Awana program yeah. in the Ukraine. And so it's the gospel's great clear. Ministry. Yeah. 
gospel, gospel is very is clear. clear. A lot of scripture memory. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know what Awana is, uh, picture a combination of VBS and Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts. It's somewhere in there. Um, it uses structure and reward and um, fun. fun as a, really as a way of introducing people to gospel and scripture and basics and even some, I think, early mentoring mm-hmm. in faith. So you're like, okay, I know, like pretty dramatic. You're kind yeah. of a standalone, uh, kind of the youngest yeah. And that you're a new convert in your family. You're 16. You meet a guy. He's like, sure, I'm a Christian. Absolutely. I go to church. And and do you similar st- morals? I mean, we had similar morals and we talked about like boundaries when we started dating and sure. we were both on the same page. So I'm like, cool. Absolutely. Okay. Now, did you start dating at Discovery Zone? I'm actually not. No, we were friends for about a year. Um, I had a different boyfriend and he had a different girlfriend, but. And then you had you to know. ditch them. Yeah, exactly. It took a little we bit, yeah. The same group of yeah. friends. It so took we a little bit of out. time. I mean, essentially. So, uh, you know, obviously when we met, we, like she said, we were both, uh, you know, had in a relationship with someone else. So, um, yeah, it took took a little bit of time, but then it was just a matter of her her and I, you know, starting to talk to each other and um, realizing there was a connection there and um, and, and then kind of growing from there. So um, after about a year, you're dating. How long did you date before you got engaged and married? Oh, forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to remember, I mean, we were 18, 19 when we started, essentially started dating and, yeah. and uh, Brandy was away at college. I was uh, doing the local uh, college to page thing. So I was essentially at home. She was, she was about an hour away at Olivet. Um, so, I mean, I could come and visit her on, you know, it wasn't like she was, you know, a couple states away, but uh, uh, so, but, but, uh, but essentially she was going to school to become a teacher and, you know, a four-year degree. And so uh, we just... I don't know. We just it's didn't. It's a long journey, yeah. It's a long journey, and we didn't really, I guess, really think that we were looking to get married during college, just because sure. of what we were. I, I was. No, doing and one others thing would say, "What another. a great move, right?" Plus, yeah. you're, you're not yet sure. Is there, you know, you're in love, but is that the permanent one? So, I mean, you're one of the few that have really lasted through your college years and some distance, right, in terms of one yeah. different places and. Um, and we had a lot to navigate because of, you know, like we said, we kind of started off both thinking we were in the same spot. And then it was probably a year into our relationship that I kind of realized, hey, maybe you're not truly a believer. And so then we kind of had to back things up a bit. And that's when I was at all of that. And so then it was a, a couple years of like figuring that out. And once Jim came, became a believer, we were pretty sure that this was it, like we were getting married. And, and so then and, we got engaged yeah. in 2000 and then we were married in 2001. And being in all of that, you were getting a heavier dose, I'll say, of like, you know, a constant uh, Christian uh, feeding, yeah, worship and yeah. feeding, whereas I was still kind of like in the uh, the old kind of school Lutheran just environment that I was, just not getting that same type of uh, constant growth, uh, yeah. growth that she was. Now, how did you come to faith then? Because she was obviously sharing faith with you and now you're, now you're waking up to... A realization oh wait a second uh there are components here between us that are the same right but actually we have very different realities right we, we see things fundamentally different in terms of faith how was that realization for you was that like a tough realization was that uh did it happen slowly over time was it how did that happen for you it it took a little bit of time uh honestly there was a little bit of brandy being the school of hard knocks to me kind of thing like a lot of debating yeah, we like to have debates. We would debate different. Yeah, things. I mean, so we had, uh, I mean, school hard knocks basically saying, you know, telling me that, hey, this, you're, you know, she, she had to be blunt with me, you know, and 
and kind of opened my eyes and and the Holy Spirit was there too, kind of helping the eyes get opened. Um, but honestly, uh, Brandy, I would say, was the messenger that God used to essentially bring the gospel uh, to, to my understanding of what it actually, what the truth was. Got it. So she's, she's seeing things and she's confronting and you're kind of having to, to, which is good. I mean, most guys, right. We're, we can be a little thick. And so, right. um, but you're having all these conversations and, and you're kind of reeling from them and internally you're having to process all this. Like, do you remember the moment that you gave your life to Christ? Or? Yeah, there, there was an actual moment. Uh, I was actually, uh, at the time I was working at my uh, dad's company, and I was working uh, in a, uh, a warehouse uh, at that time. Uh, just on that, that day is where I happened to be. And it was just like kind of an ongoing, you know, thought process. I had been thinking about it. And, and, and you know, it had been mentioned uh, to me that, you know, there's typically a moment in time where you realize that you do this. And I'm like... I never really had that moment. I mean, I never actually like prayed to Jesus to actually like that, you know, that I wanted him to be my savior, that I accept him as my savior. Um, and so there was an actual moment that I like, I literally got down on my knees at the warehouse on this concrete floor and, and just prayed and, and just accepted. And, that is huge. Yeah. Wow. And now the company's fire and ice, uh, yeah. heating, cooling, great company, great <laughs> folks. Plug. That's my little plug <laughs> for it. Uh, Cause I, you know, uh, but uh but what an awesome thing in a warehouse on your knees just to say, like, that is such a moment that do you, did something happen? Do you remember like a weight being lifted? Do you feel like did something change for you? It was like, okay, I just did that. And now I'm gonna go tell Brandy or like, how did that work? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, it was essentially just like a moment in time. Um, and uh, yeah, I told Brandy uh, and said, hey, I had this, uh, this moment. And I think she was very happy. Uh, I think she realized that I was finally starting to have the eyes opened. Um, so I think it, it was it was a good thing. And it uh, changed things for us because up to that point, it was like I was three quarters of the way in, I would say, in our relationship. And right. and Jim was all in, you know, like, hey, this is it. This is our future. And I was like, but there's still this piece, you know. Yeah. And then once Jim, you know, was truly, I saw that. And then shortly after you joined BSF with your cousin and you were doing BSF on Mondays. Right. So I saw some growth there and then it was like, okay, I'm all in. And once we were both all in it, that's when we found Grace Point and that's when we got engaged. And in the new you know, Testament, you read of uh, people like Peter meeting with Cornelius and going, oh, there's evidence of the Holy spirit here. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not just that they're God fearing, but they move from God fearing to believing. Mm -hmm. And you see that over and over again with Paul and, um, what was the, the fruit for you both? Was it an immediate longing to be involved in God's word? Was it a sense of, no, I'm going to start praying now? What, what do you think was the, the early evidence of your uh, salvation experience? For me, it was definitely um, a desire to know and live for God. Mm. And again, maybe because it was just such a, a contrast for my family, but I mean, my parents said from like, you know, young age, like even probably before I was in Awana, but definitely since I was in Awana, I had a very strong conviction of what was right and wrong, which is interesting not growing up in a family that, you know, celebrates necessarily what's good and right. I was always very convicted. Like I knew what I believed. I was sure of it. And mm -hmm. so, and I had a hunger to know why, why I think that, why I believe that. And so I think for me, it was that um, feeling of conviction and a feeling of um, belonging in Christianity that yeah and that kind of launched your search out mm -hmm. and how about you Jim what was uh the fruit you... I, I think was essentially just uh realizing what it actually uh meant and I think 
Um, starting then and continuing continuing through the years, I think um, I've, I kind of had had a heart about trying to talk to people uh, about like specifically where I came from, like, um, like, are you just going to church? Like, meaning like, are you uh, just going through the motions? Is it just kind of like, you know, you're going to church on Sunday and that's why you, you know, think yeah. you're a Christian or, um, you know, do you actually realize that there's, you know, you actually have to accept the gift. And um, so it's, it's a free gift, but, yeah. but you have to actually grasp it. What, what an amazing combination. It's, this is actually fairly rare to have a combination of one person who goes, oh, no, no, it's drastic. You're either in or you're out. And the other person goes, no, you can be near, but not in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so you both bring this great mm -hmm. perspective that's really common for most people, I think, in any church. Most people would fit in one of those two categories. And there's mm -hmm. very few that would fit completely outside of that. Um, and that's incredible. So, okay. So, uh you get married in 2000 you said 2001 yeah. 2000 here at grace point yeah so after y2k at grace point mm -hmm. how did you uh, now why how did you find grace point this is such a cool story so um after here, jim became a believer we were really passionate about finding a church together and um so you're 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 still dating at this we're point, still dating right? not quite engaged yet but we knew we were going to be engaged and right. wanting to get married and so we should go, we should go to a church together yeah, we got to find church. So I came home most weekends from all of it because it was so close. And so we started visiting churches and Jim was still pretty partial to his Lutheran church, even though, you know, he had become a believer. He still, I mean, that was his tradition. It was his yeah. family. And for what it's worth, nothing wrong with oh, of course. Lutheran churches. Yeah. It was believers a great church. Yeah. Oh, and I think there's plenty of Lutherans that uh, understand, but it's, I, but it's also easy to, to miss. Absolutely. To miss yeah. This is, the, I'm just saying that because I don't want anyone to, oh, to misconstrue. This is about your story. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, so, so I was coming from a, more of a non-denominational background, you know, not having grown up in a church. So we were trying to find something as a compromise. And so we'd go and visit a church and one of us would find something that we didn't like about it. And I kept mentioning Naperville Bible Church, which was the name of the church at the time. And Jim kept being like, no, no, no. And so then um, during this time, Jim decided that he wanted to, um, he was thinking about becoming a police officer. So he did a ride along in Downers Grove um, with a police officer. And do you want to tell the rest of the story? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just went along for, uh, which I was doing in the process of, you know, trying to uh, do in different departments. I, I did ride-alongs and uh, somehow I ended up with uh, a police officer in Downers Grove that um, tried to start preaching to me. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, he was basically kind of trying to witness to me. That's uh, awesome. And I'm and yeah, it was absolutely awesome. Um, and I was like, oh, no, I'm like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a Christian, too. So and at that point, I had accepted uh, Jesus. But I'm like, yeah, this is great. And I even told him, I said, uh, I said, yeah, my not well, my wife, but at the time, my girlfriend or fiance, uh, I'm like, we're uh, trying to find a church. And uh, he's like, oh, he's like, he happened in his like utility bag to have like one of the, the Sunday morning uh, brochures or pamphlets. And he's like, bulletin, he, yeah. the bulletin, he goes and pulls it out. And he's like, you got to try this church. He's like, I really think you'll like it. And, uh, Bible church, yeah. yeah, really. And so, yeah. uh, so I was, and I, I was like, Oh, great. And, and <laughs> I didn't even remember that Brandy, that was the one that she had been, or one of the ones that she had tried to mention to me. So I called, called her and I said, Hey, I, I, I uh, just got a good uh, tip on this uh, church. And she's like, you know, she asked what the name was. And I tell her, she's like, I've been telling you about that church. <laughs> so we went so, the next Sunday yeah. and the rest is history. We've been going ever You've since. You've never said, I told you so ever since. Oh, I did. Oh, I. <laughs> 
So I got so years ago in California, I went on a ride along with one uh, I had a, a congregant who was a sheriff, right? And uh, and then later on made detective. And boy, that was quite a night. Mm-hmm. I love that God sends you on a ride along and you get hope and you get direction in that. Okay, That's so cool. so there you are. You picked Naperville Bible. You've been coming, and um, and you're uh, you're fairly young in faith. Mm-hmm. Randy, you a little longer. Jim, pretty new in faith. Mm-hmm. And you're having to navigate what it means now to be newlyweds because you get married mm-hmm. at Naperville Bible. Was it Grace Point or Naperville, Naperville Bible? Bible Church? Okay. Time, yeah. And um, and so you've been here through the name change and all mm-hmm. of that. This is in the early aughts. Tell me about the growth process, especially in your early married years. How did you find that God used the other person to either breathe into your process of spiritual maturity or um, to uh, challenge you in some areas to grow in spiritual maturity? What was that like? Because there's so much that everyone navigates in your early right. years, right? Right. Uh, boy, that's an interesting one. Um, it's hard I, to remember back that far. Yeah, I know. To be honest. I, honestly, yeah, and <laughs> like, and this is where you. Life it's like, hard to remember. You know, it's funny you started the conversation as like, we're like the young ones. Before children, yeah, I think I that's know. where I'm like. That's where I'm like. Oh, yeah. hard in those to remember early back days, before 2000. Yeah, those, <laughs> well, and, and we were at different points, uh, honestly, than we are right now, as far as different careers. Uh, at the time, I was essentially working nights, overnights. Which, frankly, that's a battle in itself, just working nights. But uh, working nights and then being being newlyweds, I mean, sometimes we could go, I don't know, it seemed like maybe a couple days without seeing each other because she'd be a teacher and by the time she'd be getting home from work, I'd be leaving for work and... And that whole ship's passing in the night, giving each yeah. other high fives and going out the door. That's right. Yeah, but God did provide some really awesome opportunities early on in our marriage. So within... Six months of us getting married here at the church, there was a new launch of a young married class. And so we immediately got involved in that. That's where we met some of our greatest friends today. Some of our closest you guys friends. have been involved with a life group, a small group that has been really tight through the years. How You guys have been yeah. together for what, 20 so years? The life group, no. So the life group originally, yes, was. Right. We're in a different life group now. Right, okay. But that original life group was together about 12 years. And that was that group that we met within six months of being married. So we your, were all young your married. kids were all t- kids together. We all, all had that, kids right? together. But I think that was just a really neat timing for God, you know, that God provided that support, that community right away in our marriage. Because um, I know, I know we are the believers today because we had those awesome believers alongside of us doing life together with us. Which One of them being in the group being the painters. I yep, mean, the painters. So we were, uh, for those who don't know who the painters are, the painters are the campus. So Dan Painter is the campus pastor at Plainfield. Sarah's his wife. Mm-hmm. They've been at Grace Point. Dan actually began his, his first ministry position was at Grace Point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we actually helped uh, them at the time. When, really? when Dan was doing like, he was a junior high, like youth pastor. Mm-hmm. I mean, before he became the campus pastor and, you know, he's kind of made his way up the chain per se. Uh, but he was the junior high pastor, and Brandy and I both were at the time helping them, like you know, help, uh, be leaders in the junior high youth group. Is yeah. that did you first start serving together? Uh, did, first of all, did you serve separately when you first started serving? Like, how, when did you first start serving? Out of curiosity. So I did Awana, um, which makes sense, given right? The background. Yep. Yep. So I um, got connected with some of the Awana leaders here when I found out that they had a Awana program. So I actually did that prior to us being married. And then right away when we were married, I was doing that. So 
um, once we found the church, I was like, I want to do Awana. So jumped in with that right away. And then when we met Dan and Sarah, we both started serving junior high together. And that was really fun because we got to do, we did youth group together and then we did retreats and camps and stuff. Jim, was that your kids. first service position was junior high? Did you first start serving at, uh, at the church here? At, at this church? church, yeah. I mean, I used to do stuff at my Just wait, choir. hang on a second. Let's not skip over that. Your first service position, like the first time you decide you're going to volunteer and serve is with junior hires. Well, uh, you got to remember, in my other church, I would help out with stuff. I mean, like, okay. um, do you do VBS? I would do VBS. Yeah. I would. Uh, I was actually a teacher in VBS at the time. I mean, uh, so I would. And I'm just I, saying, for most people, <laughs> the most intimidating <laughs> yeah. group in a church are the junior hires. That is true, but you got to remember, Brandy and I. Where did we meet? Discovery Zone. We worked with kids. We oh, yeah, we, we, loved, we, yeah. we we were around kids, um, so kids really didn't. Uh, intimidate me as far as that. And junior hires are old enough; they're not likely to leave anything in in the tubes. Just don't ask. About, well, that's true, but just don't ask me the story about when a kid got leaving behind at the airport. He got left behind at the airport. Yeah, that yeah, was a that good was story. not a good story. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not going to ask you about that because uh, we might. It'll have, bring up bad memories. We might have yeah. listeners that start panicking a little yeah. bit. Yeah, but I think that was a big that was a big turning point. Oh, um, would be when. Um, early on our marriage, when we this had those opportunities, yeah, this is a training point. Yes. Um, we had those opportunities to serve together. And I think that by, by being part of a community and by serving alongside one another in junior high ministry, I think that was ways that we really poured into each other because we were doing ministry and life together, the two of us. So, so you were already even just dating and engaged. You guys were already engaged in the church and serving and kind of growing. All right, now I've got to hear the, the kid left at the airport. I can't leave everybody hanging with some oh, kids stranded at the airport. Just what's the short version? Short version. So, I, you know, you got oh, wait, it has to be a little longer than I left the kid at an airport. Okay. All right. So there was, uh, you know, I kept a tally. You know, I had my kids in my group. These are junior high Junior kids. high kids. And we're going and to Colorado. We flew to Colorado in the airport. And I did my count. And um, so, so then basically we, we had kind of stopped by the exit door uh, before we were going to be getting on the bus. And that's where I did my tally. And then, so, okay, everyone's here. So we start to walk away. I'm like, all right, guys, follow me. And the one kid basically got in his head that he wanted to call his mom and he saw a payphone. Oh, and so he wandered off, wandered off to the uh, payphone. We got on the bus, we started to drive to away. To camp. <laughs> and it's, and I, I don't know if it was like 15 minutes into the drive. Uh, someone said, Hey, where's that kid? And all of a sudden we all kind of freaked out because we're like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, he was here when I did my last tally. Like Stranded at the Denver A airport. sixth grade boy. I mean, he yeah. was like 12. Yeah, he was actually a little bit younger than the junior high. He got he kind of got uh he got to come along with the group. And so he was uh yeah, it was it was a funny story though. I mean it was uh, it was okay. We went back, we got it, so, it was yeah. fine. I, so I was in youth ministry for a long time and I remember once leading I told all of our, we were on a mission trip in England and I told all the group, you have to shove your way onto the tube. It's packed in and we had to make a channel appointment. And, uh, and these were all kids from the U S from California. And one girl, uh, did not make it and was stranded on this thing. And everybody else is going like on a high speed train. Like, right. So oh, that no. took a little, a little bit of work to get, to get her back. Oh, but no. Needless to say, the boy makes it to camp. Everybody's, Everybody's good. Yeah, they had they, we had to stop the bus on the side of the road. There was a luggage uh, car. car following us that pulled over as well. So then uh, one of the leaders jumped in and 
went back to the airport. Do you, do you guys start having babies? Right, I'm, I'm going to keep going here. But sure. Do you guys have babies right away? Or do you wait a couple of years? We or? were married about three years before we had mm-hmm. Jason. Okay. So you were able to kind of establish some things. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was uh, growing in faith, I'm still growing in faith, mm-hmm. obviously. You know, spiritual maturity is not spiritual perfection. But when I was really wrestling with my very first big character issue and realizing, oh, this is a character thing God's got to change in me. For me, it was anger. Um, and I had to, I didn't know how to deal with it. And, uh, it's, it's not just that I was angry for no reason. It's that I, when I gave my life to Christ, I found significance. So I was no longer angry, but I still hadn't really dealt with anger. And so through a series of circumstances, God kind of worked that out in me. And then I had this kind of dark night of the soul where it felt like, Lord, I'm going to be faithful to you, but I'm not sure I feel you right now. Right. And then I remember when the light switch kind of went back on and I was just very different after that. It was a characteristic in my life that God really changed is, did you have any kind of, no, different people grow differently. Some people don't have those moments. Some people do where they go, oh no, I, I remember what my first big kind of character thing was where the Holy Spirit, where you just knew I can't do this on my own. God, you got to deal with this in me. Um, and again, it's different for different people. And I'm just curious, did you guys ever have anything like that? Or am I unique in the world? Uh, which is entirely possible. I think for me, it was more of that. I kind of alluded to it before as part of my testimony. When I was in high school and even early college, I know that I wasn't living for the Lord in the way that I should. And so I was sort of, I describe it with my students, like I had one foot in each world. Yeah. You know, I kind of like to go out and party with my non-Christian friends, but then I would go to church and I'd, I knew who I wanted to be. And I knew that God was calling me um, to follow after him wholly. Mm. Um, but I wanted to live for myself. I was being selfish. And I feel like there was a moment in college where God said enough is enough. Yeah. You need to, you need to pick, you need oh. to pick a side. And so that was around my sophomore year of college. Um, and the Lord called me to a mission trip um, in Israel. And I was baptized that summer. And for me, that was like, that's it. Like, I am all in. And that and that was my... How big was that sense of relief when you realized the tension? Oh, it was... Wasn't there. Yeah. Anymore. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, such yeah. freedom, such such peace of knowing, no, this is who I am. And yeah. I knew that God was calling me and I knew who God wanted me to be. And I was fighting it. And it was just, yeah, I, I felt no peace, no joy. Um, but once I let go of that and, and started following after Christ for me, I feel like that 20 around 20, mm-hmm. it was 100%. I was, I was sold out for God. So your first big thing was, okay, are you all in or not? And right. Once you were like, yeah, I'm all in God went, okay, mm-hmm. now we're going to work on little aspects Right like now there's going to be these little things that we're going to mm-hmm. kind of continue to work on and revisit. And, yeah. um, you know, some people, they get legalistic. Some people don't get legal. You know, all those other things kind of work their way mm-hmm. out. Jim, was there anything for you or would you just find yourself growing gradually over time? Uh, I would say, um, uh, I think growing definitely gradually over time. I mean, it's definitely not like a, uh, uh, like instantaneous, like, spike up per se. I mean, it's definitely been a learning curve and kind of just a gradual process. But um, I think uh, I would agree with Brandy as well. You know, it's kind of like making choices that, uh, you know, you're, you're either living for God or you're not living for God. And and, and so um, things that, you know, maybe you would, like like she said, like, you know, go partying, you know, when you're younger and uh, 
things that you would have done. Now you say, well, that's not exactly how I should be living or even showing my kids how, you know, I would want uh, to, to, you know, to be a, a follower of God. So um, I think par partly it's just showing, you know, a good ex example and, and then teaching, uh, you know, what it means to be a follower of Christ and, and, and that being what the most important thing in life is. Yeah, for you guys, it seems like it's all out front. In other words, some people, some couples, especially couples that were raised in churches, which you guys, you know, not necessarily the case. You got a canine later on, but um, one of the things that they families can struggle with is appearances, right? Like I'm going to be this way at church behind the scenes, actually not a whole lot different than the world. For you guys, it's not that. For you guys, it's more like no, no, we're different, and we're committed to this behind the scenes, and the church is the natural result of what we're what we've decided privately right one thing that and this is something not to i guess you could call it a struggle as well um but also something i've i've tried to present myself as is like what you see is what you get yeah and i've told that to it's brandy called, it's called integrity integrity yeah right. but it basically so like if i was you know with someone at work or i was with someone at uh you know somewhere else and if, if uh, versus church, I mean, would the person at church or would Brandy, if she was there with me, would she approve of what I was doing or saying? Yeah. Um, and obviously also God can always see. But um, so would, would she still be proud of the man that I am? Right. right. And so so, uh, you know, that that's my the way I try to think. Now, do I occasionally stumble? Absolutely. Everyone stumbles. But my my goal is is to basically. Uh, just present myself like again as like that if Brandy was sitting right next to me that she wouldn't be embarrassed or uh, you know saying well Jim's not actually being a good witness for, for God right now um, so that so that's the I would say my my uh, uh, the way I try to live yeah I think it's you know a lot of that is also choosing someone once said you got to choose your heart um, if if someone's think about how much energy is expended trying to pretend to be something yeah. in one place and then going someplace else and being something different um, in the name of appearance or I don't want to confuse them or they don't know what I'm going through as opposed to just going, um, I'm just going to be as honest as possible. And if, uh, if I'm going through a rough patch, it's okay that people know that I'm going to let people pray for me. And if I'm going through a great patch, that's okay to show that, mm -hmm. but I, I don't have, I'm going to choose my kind of heart because that's a, that's a, that's a commitment to say, I'm going to have integrity in that way that what you see is what you get. That's a commitment. But I think it's a choosing a, a, a good type of heart because you're choosing to say, if you see me growing, you'll know it's genuine growth. Mm -hmm. You'll know it's true. All right. So you guys, you have kids and uh, your kids are getting older and, and uh, which is an exhilarating thing. And you know, I found my kids actually got even more interesting. I love my kids to death when they were young, but they kept getting more interesting as they got older, mm -hmm. just because that, you know, their own sense of humor, mm -hmm. you don't have to like laugh at um, everything as they get older, they come up with their own <laughs> sense of wit, and, right. but it's a whole different world to navigate as mm -hmm. well. And it brings with it its own set of challenges. You know, um, Melissa and I, you know, here we were mature believers and are mature believers, but even as we were raising our sons, it was like, Lord, please help us survive the teenage years because, you know, this is really 
tough. <laughs> um, and you wind up relying on God so much. How do you how do you guys find yourselves navigating faith now? Because spiritual maturity is essentially waking up in the morning and going, I don't really question whether I'm devoted to God. God, right. I'm devoted to you. Right. Um, there are challenges up front, but those challenges don't knock me away from my devotion. They're difficult. That doesn't make them any less difficult. But in terms of you, you really, I think as a mature believer really understands Peter's words, where, where else would I go? You're, you're Lord, you're all, all I have. Um, and then at the same time, the, the struggle is, are, am I too comfortable in mm -hmm. this God? Am I still being challenged in this? How are you guys navigating faith in life now? Brandy, you're on staff and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, Jim, you're working, doing great at Fire and Ice and, and here you are raising these kids and they're, you, you now have an eye towards the first one just in a couple mm -hmm. years, right. kind of leaving that nest, you know, how, how are, can you describe for me kind of the, what it looks like in the kind of the practical every day? Yeah. I mean, I feel like right now is where the rubber meets the road. You know, our kids are 16, 13 and 10. So we're doing a lot less of the teaching and a lot more of the living out. You know, mm -hmm. they're seeing us every day, the way that we live our lives. And like Jim said, you know, they're watching everything that we do, the things that we say, mm -hmm. and they're noticing when there's inconsistencies between, you know, what we tell them they should do or what we believe and what we actually do. Yeah. And so we've had just to have some really honest conversations about, you know, times where we've allowed apathy to come in or an or um, a lack of, I say apathy just because it can become a routine. We go to church on Sunday mornings. We are involved on Wednesday nights. We come, you know, we go to life group. We do all these things and it could become, the kids can see it as, oh, it's just one this more thing that mom and dad do. Right. right. Um, but when it comes to the living out, there's, we've had to have several conversations over the last few years where it's like, no, like this is really who we are. And, and you guys uh, and already that, have such insight because you're going, I know what it is to go through the routine. Mm -hmm. And I know what it is to understand that I'm different than mm -hmm. the rest of this. Yeah. Right. And right. So we yeah. try to have that. We try to have those, you know, those teachable moments with our kids where we're like, no, actually, this is what's going on, or this is what we're struggling with. And even sharing those struggles with our kids, which can be hard to do that, that oh, transparency. That, you, you know, just but, touched on something that's so key yeah. to share your struggles with your kids. That doesn't yeah. mean burdening them with all of your leadership stuff, mm -hmm. but the, to have the courage to go, I'm following Jesus too. And I think I got it wrong on this, you know, right. it's so key. Well, and partly this is one thing that I've tried to do. And again, I'm not trying to say I'm perfect because by no means am I perfect, but I've learned along the way of things that I think work and don't work. Um, and partly I, I have found in my experience in life, both as, you know, just, just in life in general, being a police officer uh, for 10 years, uh, seeing a lot of how people interact with each other. Um, I, I just think that, uh, you know, if you don't, or the old saying, you know, do what I, I say, not what I do. Um, I think that's a, a horrible statement. Mm -hmm. And I think if, if you basically, if that's how you're trying to teach someone, you're not a good teacher because. Well, they're learning. They're just not. They're learning, learning because they're, they're <laughs> learning what you're doing, not what you're saying. And you're, you're saying, don't do what I do. Well, do they're what also I say. learning that it's okay to say one thing and do something. Exactly. And so, um, and I've always had a problem with that statement. So my goal was to uh, uh, is, is to basically teach them so they can see how I do, not what I say. Um, or, do what, or do what you say. Do or, or, yeah, and that's kind of going to get tricky how we're 
uh, saying yeah. that, but um, basically do <laughs> what Wait, I do. Are you saying or doing right now? Just playing. Right, oh. right, right. So I'll give you an example, though. So, like, for example, uh, one thing that, that is very, uh, like, that I have tried to teach my kids, and Brandy does the same thing, is your speech is honoring to God. Like, don't swear, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not like I'm trying to, uh, you know, be holier than thou. It's just like an honoring to God thing. Well, it's and, Ephesians 5. Right. Yeah. And so, so that being said, um, Jason has recently said, he's like, Dad, I can only remember in my entire life you swearing one time. Mm-hmm. And he said the time that you swore was when we were literally wiping out in a car accident, like on 355. Yeah. So we were in the midst of a car accident and it was, you know, like I was freaking out because I'm wiping out on 355 and I yeah. it came out. He says, that's the only time in my entire life I've heard you swear. And I was like, what? and I said, well, I hope you can understand why in that moment I swore that I, it was a, just a, sure. you know, a thing. But I said, I'm, I'm really glad that you can say that, that, you know, you haven't heard me swear. Yeah. And, and so and that he understands the why of it as well. That's yes. the key, right? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, that's, that's something, and I'm just giving an example of like doing do what I do. Not, I'm just not saying to do it. I'm also showing you. You're modeling. And modeling it. And then, but, but another thing is, I think you have to, like, if you do make a mistake, you have to own up to it. Because like, I'll give an example, just about two or three weeks ago, um, I was kind of, uh, well, like you said, you know, you get angry at times. I was angry. And I uh, kind of, really without a good reason, kind of came at him just really hard. Kind of started yelling at him and i didn't it, it was uncalled for he he didn't deserve it and uh and i realized that and i you know so you know some parents might have and even me years ago i might have just been eh, whatever you know but i felt you know that wasn't right i, I mean because now i'm teaching him that like you know uh anger is you know yeah, if i'm angry i'm just gonna go blow up at someone that's not the right thing to teach. And so I, I literally went up to his room and, and I, I apologized to him. And I said, Jason, um, I'm sorry. I go, I, I kind of came in here guns blazing and, and I shouldn't have. Uh, I'm sorry. And he appreciated it. And, and That's I, a gift you're giving to your children. Yeah. The gift of being honest. And, and it's again, it's a gift to go, uh, I'm following just like you are. I'm your parent. I'm responsible for it. But understand this means something to me. Your children will remember that. I remember the day when my dad came to me and said, son, um, he had done something that was pretty, pretty horrible. And he said, uh, with tears in his eyes, I just need you to know this was me, not my God. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just stuck with me. And that's when I went, oh, you're you're for real. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just so key. Okay, so you've been walking with Jesus for many years. Um, you're mature believers. You're still growing in faith. We all are. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still imperfections God's working out in you. Uh, you're still facing major hurdles and challenges. You've come through some really big hurdles and challenges mm-hmm. in your lives. Um, let's play a quick hypothetical. Uh, you have an opportunity uh, to breathe into someone's life who's a brand new believer. And you know they have these mountains in front of them and these, these peaks and valleys. And they feel like there's no way I'll ever get through a mountain range to get to the other side where there's maybe some higher ground. And yes, there's still mountains, but it's a higher elevation than where I'm at right now. And, uh, and maybe they're in the middle of that mountain range and it just feels like, I don't, number one, I don't know if this is my new reality. I'm just gonna be stuck in a mountain range. And then uh, number two, 
I don't know how to find a way through. Having been through that range and out on the other side and then just you're living on higher ground and yet at the same time you've got your own mountain ranges that you're dealing with. Pretend for a moment that you're coming back through the pass and you want to help that person through um, kind of that first big series of, of mountains uh, in their lives. Um, what piece of advice would you give someone who's really just growing in their faith and everything right now feels so all consuming, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that whole deal where, you know, you, you worship and it's like, I got goosebumps. And then you go away and it's like, there's no more goosebumps. Huh? Mm -hmm. I don't know what's wrong with me. Or maybe they're God's words coming alive. And then it's like, I hate the world and things should be this way. And then you're like, well, hang on a second. Not everything has to be quite that way. Or some people are going, man, just live and let live. And, and, and yet they need to be held accountable. And, or maybe they're struggling with that character issue in their life. Or maybe they're going through a dark night like I did. What would be the one uh, word that you would give to them to say, hey, listen, I want you to hold on to this. Here's a thought. What would that be? For me, for sure, it's that lean into Jesus. Mm. <laughs> um, I love our core value, the world, the word is a filter. And there's such incredible truth in scripture. And so um, for me, it's that be consistently in the word, be mm. consistently praying, um, have community, have people around you. And even when you don't feel it, keep doing it, you yeah. know, and, and it will come. Um, I think it's, I can't minimize, I can't say enough, like how important it is to have community in your life, because there's going to be times where you don't feel it. And so that's when you need those other believers alongside you. They're going to point you back to the scripture. They're going to be praying with you. Um, they're going to be encouraging you and walking alongside you. Um, I would hope to be that person, that person for that person. But if it's not me, someone else, you know, that mm -hmm. can come alongside them and help them through those times. That key of just showing up, mm -hmm. like show up, be consistent. You know, yeah. even when you don't feel like it, show up, it's going to be important. Show yeah. up for your appointment with God, show up for the appointment for others. Yeah. Right. That's excellent. Thanks, Brandy. What about you, Jim? Uh, for me, I would say faith. Um, I think faith is crucial um, because there's going to be, like you said, peaks and valleys. There's going to be, uh, I've gone through some, you know, obviously I was a police officer for 10 years end of my career came because of health concerns. Uh, you know, you see some bad things as a police officer that can really have an impact on you. Um, and, and that's kind of what happened to me. So um, that's why I'm no longer a police officer. And, and so um, that being said, um, that end of the career was very hard um, and, and very, some very big peaks and valleys. Um, and, and, and ultimately what you have to, turn to is knowing that um, Jesus is there. Uh, there's a reason why you're going through what you're going through. Um, uh, you know, there, there's, I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. I uh, think uh, that, that God does not promise us every day is going to be easy. And uh, there could be some extreme challenge you have to go through some people more than others. Um, uh, I know there's plenty of people that have gone through way worse than I have. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that being said, though, I mean, that doesn't you don't minimize what someone is going through at the time, because for them, that's, you know, what, what, they're, what they're going right. through right then is, is is hard and can be a very difficult time. And, and they need to get through that time as well. Probably, uh, you know, with, with God's plan, uh, he's wanting to teach you something. And the question is, are you going to learn from it? Uh, what he's trying to teach you, because I think if you don't learn from it, you might put you through it again. Mm -hmm. um, I think you, you know ultimately uh that there's that's purpose there's to purpose it, yeah. to some of the 
things that go are happening in your life for sure. And uh, just a matter of, of, of uh, trusting, trusting and having that faith, knowing that, that God has a plan for you and um, he's not abandoning you just because you are going through a tough time. Boy, that is such a powerful word. And uh, I can't thank you so much for sharing that. I, I think that is so key. You know, faith doesn't always mean that you feel like uh, you know what's happening or you feel like God is with you. It means that you trust that God is there. You know, faith by definition involves the unknown mm. and uh, it involves uh, hoping and practically relying on God, right? And so I just, I think that's so, so powerful. I cannot think of a better way to wrap up this season mm -hmm. than with uh, that word from both of you, Brandy, what you had to say about showing up and showing up for your point with God, being in the word, being in community, the power mm -hmm. of that, um, being consistent with your prayer life. That is all of those little stones, those little pebbles, they add up over time. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you find yourself on higher ground mm -hmm. as a result. And then Jim, what you had to say about faith, I think it's so key that when you're in that, whether you're on that peak or in that valley, in that mountain range, to realize you're there for a reason mm -hmm. and God actually is going to bring you through it. Even if you don't feel like it, or maybe you feel like you can take on the world and then you kind of get a view and you realize, oh, wow, there's, there's a lot more peaks out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, there's a benefit to the peak. It's a beautiful view, mm -hmm. but, the but it coming. allows you to see all the other stuff. Um, but to know that there is a, a destination to that, if you'll trust the one who's leading you through, mm -hmm. I just think is so, so powerful and so key. So listeners, uh, listen, wherever you're at in your journey of faith, uh, I want you to really listen to those two things and apply them. If you'll just do those things, I promise you God is going to grow you in a powerful, powerful way. Mm -hmm. uh, Jim and Brandy, thank you so much for choosing to do this. Thank you, yeah, thank thank you. you for your time. Thank you for your faithfulness. We appreciate you guys. Thanks, Thanks.